welcome to the Good Good Experience Podcast. Where related minds talk about related topics. And we all just happen to be related. Buckle up, this is going to be a good one. We've got that good good experience podcast. We go back for another time. It's the We've Got the Good Good Experience podcast. I am Marcus Moses, and there's no way this train pulls off the tracks without my cousin co-host, Jimmy. Marcus, darling, how are you today? How's everyone in good, good land? Everybody's doing well. We're well on this part. And also, can't forget about my cousin co-host, Byron B. No Brown. What's going on, buddy? What's up, Marcus? What's up, Kimmy? Let's do this. Welcome, everybody. And another great episode. Y'all, we've had several episodes to our name so far. We've had some great special guests, the likes of Lenny Williams, the likes of uh, Gerald Austin, the likes of Alex Porter. But we have not been more excited for a guest than we are today. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Tori Torre in the building. She's going to be kicking it with us later on in the podcast. But before we get into that, y'all, guess what? The Janet Doc dropped last night. Okay. Have y'all seen it yet? Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> That's a right? Did you see it? No, did I haven't seen it. it. Don't, don't say nothing. Are you don't serious? Are you serious? Listen to me. I got to have time, uh, a space, a good head space and everything in order for me to watch. I just can't watch it. And I got all these distractions coming up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I can't do that, Kim. All right. Whatever. So, I'm up here traveling through traffic, trying to get home by eight o'clock to watch this <laughs> And you wouldn't even watch it. Look at you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I think, Kerry, you and me both were like, in the midst of doing other things, and I had to catch the second half of it. But I was recording it, so I'll sit down after we finish today to watch it all the way through. But so far, from what I've seen, it's very good. Marcus Moses, my mama watched it last night. How you didn't watch it? How you going to bring Auntie Vernon this thing, man? I mean, My come on, mama <laughs> watched it. She was waiting for this, and you didn't even watch it. Look at you. Hey, but check it out. It's cold. It's like extremely cold down here in South Georgia. So trust me, I'm not going anywhere. What's uh, cold got- there? What's cold? Come on now. <laughs> he don't know cold. He don't know cold. What's cold? You have it no is- idea what cold is. It's cold enough. It's cold enough. But get, ladies and gentlemen, again, like I said, we've got Tari Torre in the building. we got a great episode planned for you guys. But as always, we're going to get started with our Good Good segment. And we've got something special for you guys for our Good Good segment this week. I had an opportunity to interview inline skater turned speed skater from Southwest Georgia, Mr. Sabian Tenson. And uh, he was able to go to the Olympic trials. And uh, he talked about his experience uh, with that and looking forward to uh, 2026. Here's my interview with him, with Mr. Sabian Tense. All right. And welcome to the Good Good section. I'm Marcus Moses, and we have a very special guest with us today. He started off as an inline skater and skated his way to a lot of success. Now he's trying his talents to the ice. Ladies and gentlemen, please help us welcome speed skater, Mr. Sabian Tenson. What's going on, my man? What's good? How you doing? Hey, man. We're glad to have you. All the good, good, man. I know you got a very busy schedule. Thank you for taking this time out with us. No all right, all right, all right. So real quick, Sabian, just kind of give us uh, the abbreviated version. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm originally from Albany, Georgia. Um, I was born in 2001, grew up there until I was about eighth grade and middle school. I went to Lake Park Elementary um, in Albany, Georgia, and then I uh, went to Marietta Middle School. But back then, I was a big football, basketball player, and anybody that knows the Tensons know we like football and basketball. So I was just a random kid 
that was, you know, playing football and basketball. And uh, one of my teammates had a party. My dad was the coach of that time. And um, I had never skated in my life, never thought about skating or anything like that. Went there and put them on and just could magically skate off the first try as soon as I stepped on the floor. And um, I raced the owner's son for like a little concession stand or whatever for the free pizza and won. And he invited me to join a speed team. And at first, you know, I didn't really give it much thought. I was playing football, basketball, travel ball, whatever you want to call it. But something about four or five months after that, something just told me to go and try it. And I've been around the world since. Wow, wow, wow. So it's just basically you going to a party and you put on a pair mm -hmm. of skates. From that point on, the, the rest is history, I guess, right? The rest is history. Wow, wow, wow. So so let me ask you this. You know, you never thought about going back to football or basketball after you put on the skates? Um, at first, yeah, because in speed skating, I know a lot of people don't know about it, but it's not a sport that us African-Americans really know about. So there's not very many of us in the sport. So that was a little, you know, it had took me some time to get used to. So when I first started, I wanted to go back and play football and basketball. But uh, my dad is one of those guys who's always looking towards the future. And my my uh, body frame would not be built, you know, for this time in football and basketball. So I had to find another avenue and I turned to skating. And, you know, once I seen what skating could really do for you as a person or just in general life, I was hooked from there. So you make mention, OK, you say what skating could do for you. What has skating done for you? OK, so I started skating at 12 years old, small town like Albany, Georgia. And since then, at the age of 20 right now, I started homeschooling in eighth grade, graduated high school, um, and I've been to eight to nine different countries, uh, multiple. I've been all over the United States and spoken to some very high athletes in football and basketball and just the connections and the um, life-building skills that's in the sport of skating that it teaches you. Is for, it's not going away even after you stop skating. It's forever with you. Absolutely, absolutely. So you have all the success as an inline skater. Mm -hmm. What made you decide, hey, I'm going to take my talents to the ice? Um, well, I did the inline for about eight to nine years. And on the inline, in the inline world, they say that that's no time at all because a lot of kids start skating when they're one, two years old and they skate all the way up to so forth. So for me, to get on the ice and become, you know, a three-time gold medalist, you know, a silver medalist as well, and been all over the world winning all these events in that short period of time was unheard of. But at the same time, uh, the way inline is set up, it doesn't build a career for you as much as financial is concerned. So when I learned that at my age now, and I looked over to the ice, the ice has more incentives, you know, they pay for college and, you know, you can make a real life after you're done with skating for something to fall back on. So, like, I'm still chasing my dreams, of course, but it'd be better when you're chasing your dream and you know that after you chase your dream and accomplish it, that you'll be taken care of. Uh, absolutely. So, speaking of which, you went to the Olympic trials. Where were they, where were they located? They were in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, okay. All right, tried your hand in it. Now, you didn't get the results uh, that you wanted. However, what was the experience like for you? Um, it was like having an out-of-body experience, you know, coming from the small town of Albany, Georgia. A lot of us don't really get to see 
you know, this side of life. So just me thinking about where I started and how far I am now, being that I'm only 20 years old and I got a lot of life left in me, it's just amazing. And it, I really can't even put it into words. Right. Now, like I said, you didn't get the results you wanted from the Olympic trials. Now, moving, looking forward, hindsight, 2026 will be the next winter Olympics, correct? Mm -hmm. Where do you see yourself there, then? So for this Olympics, you know, I didn't make the Olympic team, but I'm, I'm very honest with myself. I've been skating ice for probably four or five months. You know, I just started, I just switched over, and it's like having to start another sport over because it's two different sports, even though they look very similar to the naked eye, but they're not. So being that I did qualify to even go to Olympic trials just on the short time I've been on the ice um, was one of my accomplishments. I mean, of course, everybody wants to make the Olympic team, but I knew in my heart that it wasn't my time yet being and I just started. So for the 2026 Olympics, that's more so what I'm shooting for. Um, the USB Standards Association are very interested in what I'll bring to the 2026 Olympics, being that I've progressed this fast in just a short period of time. So the 2026 will definitely be the one for me, for sure, and maybe a couple more after that. And I'm going to tell you this right now, say, we're going to speak this to this. You will be on the medal stand. Yes, sir. Uh, in 2026. I'll see you there. We're going to yes, speak sir. that into existence. You'll be on the medal stand in 2026. And uh, one more thing, you know, you may mention about, you know, not very many African-Americans or young black males participating in these types of sports. That was the main reason why I wanted to talk to you. You know, we've seen speed skaters and, and inline mm -hmm. skaters on television, but I've never actually talked to a, a speed skater before. Mm -hmm. And so for, for, for me and for us on this podcast, man, this is an absolute a treat for us. And we thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Now, before we get out of here, man, anything you would like to say to your people, to your supporters? You know, I just want to give thanks to everybody that support me, family, friends, you know, associates, whatever it is. I really appreciate it because it does help in the long run. And for anybody wondering, you know, is it different on being a skater and not no NBA player or what's the norm and what everybody's used to. It's okay to go and find your own lane. You know, it's okay to go and walk your own road because you never know what that road might connect to down the road, you know? So it's really whatever you have a talent in, whether it's art, drawing, whatever it may be, just go hard at it because can't nobody tell you how to do you, you know, and can't nobody tell you what you can't do. So just keep your good head on and, you know, just pray and just keep it moving about whatever you want to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, speed skater Sabian Tissen, our guest on the What's Good Good segment of the What's Good Good podcast. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you. Hey, man, thank you so much, man. God bless you, man. You take care of yourself, okay? Thank you. God bless you, too. And that was Sabian Tissen. That's what's up. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, uh, speed skater for the uh, United States Olympics. Uh, again, good luck to him in all of his uh, future endeavors. endeavors. Absolutely. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We're here. Let's get it started again. We have a very special guest with us this episode. She hails from Chicago, Illinois. Her song, In Time, is streaming all over the internet and across the country. I'm telling you, she's a, a r and sensation. Miss Tori, Tore, yes, let's go. Woo -hoo -hoo. How's it going, Tori? 
everything is going well. Hey, y'all. It is so good to be hey, here. Hey, guys. And, and I'm telling you, y'all are glowing over there. Whatever <laughs> is going on, keep doing it. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, sorry. Like I said, we've never been more excited to have a guest on our podcast than we have been for you. Now, oh, it, I'm being honest. I'm being straight honest. Y'all now, had some heavyweights on here. So yeah, I'm we excited. have. We <laughs> have. That's we a have. beautiful compliment. <laughs> yeah, huh? we have. But check it out. You know, it just seems that you have this it factor about you. Have you always been told that growing up or what? Um, I've been called spoiled. I've been called smart mouth. I've been called a little cutie pie. I've been called all kinds of things. Never had the it factor until I met my <laughs> husband. My husband used to say I had it. Um, yeah. so, so my husband <laughs> says I have it, the it factor. So thank you. Yes, I appreciate that. <laughs> and we see that we're, you're talking about aura. We see that aura just through your music, through your online presence. That's why I have been mm -hmm. following you for so long. And I had to make sure once we started this podcast that we had to talk to you. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. So, so, Tari, real quick, let's talk about humble beginnings. You know, tell us where you're from, uh, how you got started into music, you know, things of that nature. Yeah, well, um, my beginning is all Chicago. I'm born and raised in Chicago, um, but I, I was raised by folk from Mississippi. So we spent a lot of time in Mississippi because um, we had to visit my grandma. So I spent time on the, on the farm, on the, on the family's land. Um, but between my Mississippi moments and my South side of Chicago, Inglewood hood moments, that's what makes me who I am. I come from a very strict background. So, um, you know, most of the time I spent a lot of my childhood reading books and sitting on the front porch, watching all other kids run rampant. I couldn't run with them. I had to be in when the street lights came on. My mama needed, to, my mama and dad needed to know where I was at all times. They had to know the mama name, the daddy name, the the grandma name, you know, they kept in tune with what I was doing. So my upbringing was very, very strict, but beautiful, a very Southern, but but Chicago based. And um, all I can say is that my roots come from people who are, are, are loving and just just gorgeously sold people like very, very golden souls. So I've been lucky to um, to have that upbringing. And I'll tell you that um, my background also is 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 drowned in music. I've, I woke up 430 every morning with my dad, who's a Chicago public school teacher, mm -hmm. and um, he would he would blast the music. So he's what we call the first surround sound system in the country. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, he took that old system in the 70s and he drew he drilled holes in each floor and he put a speaker in every room from the basement of our house to the upstairs from that one nice. at one stereo which also had an a track attached to it and, <laughs> and and we listened to the whatever he listened to that's what we heard that morning um and so that's what i grew up music 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 road trips with lots of music just just fun good times and um, and and of course, a lot of a lot of lessons because the neighborhood I grew up in in Chicago, the transitional neighborhood is one of the red lined areas of the country. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so um, on one side of the street, um, there was life. And on the other side, it represented death. I lived about two blocks from the KKK headquarters. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So um, that's how I grew up. I'm an HBCU grad. And um, Ooh, me too. And that's I, cool. That's cool. <laughs> Mississippi Valley State University. 
All right. All right. All right. All right. Payne College. That's you right here at Southern University. I went to, to Payne College my freshman year, by the way. Get out. Get out. I went to Clark Atlanta my freshman year and then transferred to Payne College. Look at you. And I took some classes, and I took some classes at Clark for a minute because, you know, Payne. So they Get let me go up over there. I had to drive that look. How many is that? Two and a half hours? Hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Hour and a half. It felt like mm-hmm. two and a half. <laughs> it's been a long time. So I, all right, look at you. See, we're connected. Wow. See, look at that. From Columbus <laughs> to Payne to Clark. <laughs> now, originally, I'm from Newark, New Jersey. So okay. from up there to, to all over well, the East Coast, really. <laughs> well, I, I lived in New York. I lived in Harlem. And I spent a lot of time in Newark. So you can't get away from me. What you gonna give me next? <laughs> look at that. <laughs> connected in so many ways. Look at that. <laughs> I, you know, I knew we, I knew we were excited about this episode for for a particular reason. We just like it's like we're family, and, and everybody that comes mm-hmm. on this podcast says like you know it feels like we're all related. Even though we're you know me and my cousin we're related, but everybody comes on like we feel like we're always we're all related anyway. Yes. You know that's how it feels. So yeah, it's yes. it's so it's so wonderful to have you. Now, Thank you. You mentioned about your roots. Now you didn't sing in the choir. No, well. Okay, so my choir experience was a mandatory choir experience. I went to a performing arts high school in Chicago. Once I left, so I went to private school, 13 years. And then when I begged my parents to put me in, in public school, yeah. <laughs> uh, they put me at a performing arts high school. And so that performing arts high school required in order to graduate that I take choir. So okay. my choir experience was that. And then I was in the choir at Payne College. Oh, all right. All right. All right. I didn't join the choir at churches. I was I was um, my my family is is pulled between several spiritual beliefs. So we would go from one Sunday to this church, one Sunday to that church. We never really had time to settle into one church. So we would just go. I had a lot of aunties and a lot of uncles. So I come from a really big family. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I misunderstood. No yeah. brothers, si- no brothers and sisters. I have three brothers by blood, and then oh. um, I, I am the oldest of forty-eight grandchildren on my grandmother's side. On my mother, wow. on, on my mother's. Did you side. say forty-eight? On my mama's side, grand wow. grandchildren, and then on my 48. dad's side, it's thirty-six, and I'm in the middle of them. Um, okay. Wow! So, but but, but until I turned sixteen, it was all boys on my mama's side. So that'll tell you how many brothers I really got. Wow. Okay. Now, here's a quick question. What year did you go to Payne? Payne College was 1991 and 92. Okay. Okay. So she is around our age. Okay. Oh, yeah. I see oh, yeah. you. I see you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to tell you what's going on. We didn't know how old, we didn't know how old you were. <laughs> but you see how I got it, though. Yeah, you yeah. see how I got it. <laughs> so we're trying to find out exactly how old you were without asking how old you were. You know, well, so we, you know, yeah. on yeah. the Gre- on the Gregorian calendar, it says that my birthday was 1973. Okay, okay, but but we on the Gregorian calendar. If we take that Gregorian calendar away and we go back to our Egyptian roots, I'm probably around 29. That's right. 
That's right. Wow. I'll wow. take it. You look it. You look thank it. You. Yeah, thank you. Right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And we both yeah. were born in '73. Look at that. <laughs> so now you got your now you got your whole answer. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. But you see how slick I was with it. Okay. Yeah, very slick. <laughs> you didn't even so, have to be. You could have just said. It. <laughs> so one more question before we get into it. Sorry, you know. I mean, how did you get? When did you realize that you could sing and what made you want to get into music? My music background, my my passion for music has been my entire life. I'm the kid that stood in the mirror with the hairbrush and pretended it was a microphone. I was the, the young lady who sang in the shower so loud that my brothers would scream, shut up constantly because they needed me to quiet down <laughs> but because the, the, the shower feels like a stadium to me. It feels so big and just, you know. But I, my, my love for music has been forever. Um, I sang my first song in public, not professionally, but in public. Um, oh, I'll say this too. My aunt owned a beauty shop and I used to get paid to, to sing songs to, to her, her customers. So they would give me a oh. dollar here, a dollar there. Okay. Look at that. Okay. Sing nice. a song for us. All you right. know, of course, they wanted some gospel. So I would be in the shop singing um, mm-hmm. and sweeping up hair. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then I sang my first step show for the beautiful sorority of Delta Sigma Theta sorority uh-huh. incorporated. Um, uh-huh. I sang the intro song to my first step show and that was kind of sort of not real. Like it was not something I was pursuing professionally. And then one day around the age of 25, 26, I decided, you know what? I think I want to do this full time. And then there's a long story attached to that, but I walked out of my job, quit went to the nearest jazz club that I knew of because it was like poetry readings there. And I used to um, work the front door for the poetry readings. And then I walked in, I talked to the band and I said, hey, can I sing y'all, sing with y'all tonight? Can I just do a song or something? They were like, have you ever done this before? And I said, no, not 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 professionally, not publicly. They said, where have you sang before? I said, in the shower. And they said, (laughs) said, "Okay." and you want to get on our stage tonight? I said, yes. And. They said yes for some reason. That mm-hmm. little conversation convinced them, and I've been singing professionally ever since. As a matter of fact, awesome. wow. yesterday, yesterday um, on the twenty was it? No, no, the day before yesterday was it the twenty seventh of January? What day? What's today? The 29th? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the twenty seventh of January was my singing anniversary. It was my twenty three years singing anniversary. Okay. Congratulations. 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 Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. So, so again, Tara, you know, we, you're with us today and uh, you know how this thing goes, you know, we celebrate the music. You got your playlist. We've got our playlist. So I say, let's just get into it. What you think? Let's do it. All right. Where are we starting first, Kim? Well, where we always start is we want to listen to some of her music. Say things, you'll say things 
I'm so glad. You know, Bert, you go first. I'm <laughs> well, first of, first of all, I'll just say this. This is a it's a lounger bang. I, I, I put it under the lounger bang, and it makes anyone fall in love with music again. Oh. oh. It's, it's, it's that it's got that oh. vibe to it. And I was telling Marcus the other day, I was like, oh my gosh, it just makes you just want to just chill. You forget about everything, work, mm -hmm. everything. You just want to go and buy while and just be in your own zone. You know, uh, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. I'm so glad because that was the whole point. That's the intention to escape and to and to be reminded of your joy. So yeah, yeah that was my intention. And and before for, for those I forgot to I got so lost and caught up in the song I, for, <laughs> I forgot to that's Charlie Charay's single called In Time again it can be streamed on all the streaming platforms and uh Kim go ahead before I before I say what I got to say so what is there to say um number one Tari what was your inspiration for this particular song this song was written uh, specifically for uh, the love of my life. And his name is Jay Ivey. He's a poet, um, a writer, an author, an actor. And um, he came into my life actually the day that I'm telling you guys about that I started singing. When I walked in and told that band to let me on that stage, he was the first arm I touched and said, can you please stay while I sing my first song professionally? Oh, wow. And wow. he stayed. Uh, we didn't get together right away, but that was the day we met. And that was the day we connected. And um, yeah, so that uh, that song was written specifically for him and for the future that I saw us creating. It was written for the day we got married. It was written for all the things that that uh, represent um, good, you know, good. The imperfections of perfection. You, you put these these lives together with your family. You choose your family. And um, we chose our family and we chose um, to stay in the fight. We got on the same train, the same train car. We sat in the same row and we decided to ride that train together. So that's kind of what In Time is about. It's about rolling with who you roll with, messing with who you mess with and, yeah. and um, taking all the imperfections that come with it as the perfection because that's what we love. Absolutely. Ty, I was going to say, you know, I, I've, I heard this song a while ago and every time I hear it, this song just literally massages my shoulders. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it, this song, this song just literally massages my shoulders. And for those people, now listen to what I'm about to say, for those people that participate in plant-based extracurricular activities. Okay. <laughs> That's a very nice thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it expressed that way. I before. know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to put this in your playlist man, because it's going to enhance your experience. I mean, just that much. It's just that type Boy. of vibe, and it is. It, it really is. It really is. I love um, it. I a love great, it. great song. I'm telling you. Like I said, it just literally massages my shoulders. Did I'm you so come glad. up with the words? Thank you. Did you come up with the words to it? Yes, I wrote the song. Okay, cool. Now the production was done by whom? 
So um, the original producer, his name is Ty Hill. And, um, and then it was reproduced and, and, and added to um, enhanced by a gentleman by the name of Marshall Knights. Um, and then uh, the song was recorded here in Chicago for the first round. Then a second round of recording happened in Nashville. Both studios, uh, well, one studio was called uh, ooh, Abe Nationals. And then the second studio was um, at the Attic Studio. And the Attic Studio is a Chicago-based studio that actually moved to Nashville. And so um, and the, the re-recording was done in Nashville with all of the enhancements. And then it was co-written by my husband, Jay Ivey. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Nice. yeah. So I awesome. had the first and second verse. And originally the first song came with a poem that he wrote. Um, and uh, he said, yo, you should do the song with a version without the poem. So the version that you guys are hearing is the one without. And he helped to write that bridge section as well. All right. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Again, that's in time by Tari Torre. You can pick it up on all streaming platforms. About, right, right, Tari? Uh, that's Spotify. right. It's everywhere, anywhere you pick want. Up, everybody. Please yeah. go get it. If you don't get nothing else, please go get that track right there. Thank so, you. Yes. So what's next, Kim? I have decided that I want to hear some more Tari Torre. So I okay. found If Love Was. Hey. Why oh, yeah. if I play that, Tari? Oh, no, I don't mind at all. I was like, you play it, girl. Play it. Play it, girl. I was like, well, what's she about to say? <laughs> yes. yes. Raindrops on my window pane. Boy, you know your love is driving me insane. No holding back this love I have for you. No obstacle is too great for me. Make me feel this high No rain and no wind storms Can never take me from your side If love was an eagle I would learn how to fly Nothing in this world Would be too hard For me to try A dream I would never wake up I, you can look at Marcus' face. Look at his face. <laughs> wow. Wow. Now, this song has an intricate arrangement. Who, who yes, arranged this song for you? Oh, so I did the arrangement. Um, I wrote the lyrics. Um, I wrote the, um, I arranged the vocals, the melody, and all of that over the track. The track was given to me by a gentleman by the name of Mark M. Doc Williams. And the, some of the piano that you hear um, intertwined throughout it was also um, by a guy named Briggs Stearns. And then, mm. so that was the original recording and the re-recording of it. I brought Marshall Knights in for some enhancements and Marshall Knights also brought some of his magic to it as well. Okay. Yeah. My, my, my face, uh, for those who can't see, just, just, just speaks. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in the lost for words. I mean, it's just the, the, the piano at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I, and I thought I was going to stay right there, but then it goes to like this little up-tempo uh, groove. Mm -hmm. And then your voice just captivates the whole thing. Yes, you know, I mean, it does. I mean, yeah, it yeah. Does. Yeah, I, I got yeah. chills. I don't know if you can see them or not. I mean, I, I, I really do. Hold your arm. Hold your arm. See, he was wiping away tears, Sorry, He was wiping away tears. But, that, but again, that was our first time hearing it. And wow. we're, I'm like, 
that was just magnificent. Oh, wow. That, Thank you. I, we I just released the record on, on Christmas Day, actually. And oh. um, yeah, and there's a, also for End Time and for this song, there's a music video as well. So well, I saw it. I was just about to ask you about that, about your video treatments for your, your music. Yes. Yes. Uh, who, who do you work with for those? So um, I've been I've been blessed to have um, a powerful, powerful, talented team um, behind me with the visual um, side of this thing. And um, the name of the company is E-Tray Productions. Um, and the, the 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 genius creator of that company, his name is Eugene Bush, the third. And he is <clears throat> amazingly talented, deeply, intensely talented. And when I tell him something that I need, or if I give him a song, he's able to, to pull. I've been working with him for like five or five, maybe seven years. I guess it's been about seven years, but um, he's been able to pull visuals to the front of those, those songs um, very well. Mm. There's uh, one other gentleman I've worked with visually, and he's also this intensely talented, deeply, deeply, deeply talented individual. His name is Cam. Um, Cam Movement is the name of his company. And um, I think that um, that that there's you know when you when you know God is covering you, um, I, when I get these visuals from these gentlemen, when I tell you it is proof, it's proof of life, <laughs> because they cover me in such a way, and they're so so amazing and so beautiful. And then to work with good people, come on, mm -hmm. you know that's a rare yeah. asset. And so yeah, so Eugene Bush is the one that did the uh, the visuals for this one. Absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, you have to go get In Time by Tari Torre. And if love was, you got to put both of those in your playlist. Go do it now. Go <laughs> 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 do it now. Thank you. <laughs> Immediately. But uh, anyway, great, great start to the podcast. Now, where are we going now, Kim? I, I'm sorry. I want to play just one more for Tari. I do have a question for you, Tari. Yes, I, not please. to put you on the spot, but when can we expect the full release project from you? I've been wrestling with the release date. I have a new project completely finished, ready to share. Um, and it's called Catching Feelings. And it's a all love song project. Um, and it it's 11 tracks. Um, and it, it starts with a song called So Beautiful and it ends with a song called I Love You. And um, it's to me one of, it's my favorite recording that I've ever done. Um, so I've been, I've been playing with some dates between now, like wanting to release within the month to sometime in May. Right, cool, cool, cool. Well, we'll be looking for that. Thank you yeah. so much, thank yeah. you. I think we're getting drunk off Tari. <laughs> uh, that's why I just wanna I just wanna do one more and then we're gonna get back to what we originally planned. But I just didn't want to just play one of her songs when she is just so so phenomenal. Oh yeah. so one more. We just want to make sure we just love on you a little bit longer. Yes, and yes. I'm taking all of it. <laughs> all right. And this one is Sweetest Survivor. Oh, okay. Let's listen. Okay. They say the trust is a key component To making real love last Leave your problems in the past So if you really, really want it Then you better hit it faster Trust, 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 trust. Mm -hmm. You gotta trust it, trust 
Thank you. That song, that song actually is called Trust. And it is from a, um, an album called The Sweetest Survivor. Um, my, mm. first, my first uh, professional released recording is called The Sweetest Survivor. I've had, I had a couple before then, but this is the one we put out, you know, into the world. When what year was original. this? This album um, re, um, released uh, 2018. So mm. The Sweetest Survivor. Okay. There, were a, there was a different version of the album that came out before. Um, but this one in particular was 2018. Now, now one thing I did notice at the beginning, you kind of hear elements of, excuse me, uh, Overjoyed uh, mm. by Stevie Wonder, if you pay mm. attention. Mm. Um, Look at you. you. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's just how, how, how lost I how lost it got. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, that's yeah, nice. We know music, honey. We, must, oh, we know I music. love it. And I love yeah. me some Stevie, I tell you mm -hmm. that. Yeah, you, you hear those elements at the beginning. And, you know, mm. there's nothing like a Thank wonderful you. piano interlude. Mm. In and speaking of that, who was that? I mean, that, that arrangement was just beautiful. Thank you. Yes. So that song was uh, was produced by a gentleman by the name of DJ Architect. He's a, a DJ here based in Chicago. Uh, also very deeply talented, beautiful, soulful individual. Um, you actually he's in he's dancing with his with the love of his life in my music video in time. So when you watch in mm. time, you'll see DJ Architect. Um, he's dancing. His girlfriend has twists. She is the twist. So when you see the young lady with the twist. And her and this gentleman, they just jamming and smooth, cutting it with each other. That's that's DJ Architect. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I the can't. piano, the piano in there was played by. Um, uh, let me make sure I have that correct. Uh, who was that played by? Roderick Roderick Alexander. Okay, so good. that's who the piano was played by, just so y'all know. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. So big shout out, big shout out to him. Yeah. I know that was just beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank Sorry, you. we again, um, you've got some like some of the best music that we've heard in a long, long time. Oh, thank you. And wraps you in. It really but, does. But mm. I have a question though. Why aren't we hearing your music? on the radio because it is better than some of the stuff that we we hear now well i mean if i i could say a whole lot of reasons but i will say that the the music industry is a forest of of, of challenge you know obstacle courses so um as i'm i'm kind of foraging my way through i'm learning um that you know it's not always so easy to get on radio um but it is not hard to get to ears so my goal is to find the ears more so than I'm worried about the radio, but I am, I'm seeking radio. So for those of you that are listening, that are running radio stations, let me do a commercial. 
Tari Teray needs yes. to be on your radio station. Yes, she does. Byron, and we will talk. And we good, will talk. The good good endorses Tari Teray. My you. kiss is over here, wiping yeah. tears from his eyes. Because yeah. again, we're not faking. This is the first time we're hearing some of these songs, and we're like, whoa, wow. whoa. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. And thank you for, for putting your ears on it. That means more. Um, I mean, you know, you make the music, you write the music, you record the music, you sing it, you practice it, you perform it. Um, but there's nothing more special than speaking to music lovers who get it um, and who who find some some connection to it. There's a spirit attached to music. We all know that. Uh-huh. And um, and the goal is connection. That's what the spirit is for. And that's what I'm uh, I've been building music in my life. I try to make songs that I love that I mm-hmm. would want to hear um, because I'm such a music lover. So other music lovers that connect with my music, it's like the golden ticket to me. It's like really, honestly, the best part. So thank you. Absolutely. And I also I see that you you and your husband did a did an album together in two thousand five for better or worse. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yes. I see that. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to hear that. So, what are what are some locations we can pick up your music, your catalog, your back catalog? So the the. The For Better or Worse project was a project specifically and strictly written for our wedding audience. Um, Yeah, we only invited 300 people, but we spent time in the studio making this album. So we printed hundreds of copies, like thousands, actually. Um, And the day of the wedding, I I think we like to claim to be the most crashed wedding in the city of Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) The whole Chicago history, we have to be the most crashed wedding um, in the city of Chicago because out of 300 guests we invited, 1,041 people showed up. Wow. (laughs) So we only have a few of those albums. And, you know, in 05, it wasn't no, you know, you couldn't just go download no music offline. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think you could on something like Napster or something, but Uh we didn't have, we didn't have the, uh, the, the, technical savvy to have it on Napster. So we don't have it digitally available uh, for people. Uh, but that album does um, some of the things that's, that was one of the songs we we did uh, with where Jay does poetry and I sing. Um, the first song on the album is called Good Morning Baby. And it's just a simple wow. um, intro lead mm. that says, good morning, baby. How was your day? It's been a while since you've been away. It's a new day here and we're here to stay. It's almost time for our wedding day. Good morning, baby. So that's like the intro to the album. So no, I've never sang that in mm. public before. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but for you better or worse, what did you like here? <laughs> we've, been, we've been talking about, you know, sharing it at some point, maybe on our um, when we get to our anniversary. Um, maybe we'll share our anniversary is September 4th. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you, yeah just but- gave me, and you just gave me another idea, Tori. We'll talk uh, later okay. on down the line okay. uh, about <laughs> it because uh, uh, we, we're, we're, we're going to celebrate a year on this podcast in June. Hey, happy and anniversary. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, you just gave me an idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but uh, before we get too drunk and lost in Tari, we, we, gotta, <laughs> we gotta find out what Tari likes, what kind of what music Tari listens to. Well, so, Kim, uh, let's let's please go there, please. <laughs> now, y'all said only to give y'all my top my top five female artists, correct? We, right. we got it. 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 Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Because there's so many more. <laughs> I know. We had to cut down our list because I, uh, uh, I, I had to take out Erica Badu, and you know that's my girl. But we're going to start with your list. And mm-hmm. even though we don't want to stop the Tari Ture celebration, because wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you. You deserve to be Tari. Yes, yes. And we're going to make Thank sure that you, you are. We're going Thank to make you. sure that you are. I appreciate but, you guys. I'm my new my new favorite cousins. Come on, y'all. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I got a new cousin. Yes, yes. I love my cousins, too. You yeah. all will understand. <laughs> but we're going to start off with our girl who had her debut on A&E and Lifetime last night for her documentary. And this is Janet with anything. Come on now. This song, <laughs> this song right here gives me all the feels. Um, Janet's one of my favorite artists. This is my choice. Take it from the Velvet Rope, released in 1997. This is an album track. It has the signature lush, layered harmonies of Janet's voice across a sensual groove. It is one of those type of songs that you late night cruise to, maybe through, a empty, through the empty streets of the city, just in your own little vibe and zone. To me, it seals the velvet rope up into a package you keep on the top shelf. It's all of that to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Now, what is it to you guys? Now, first, Tari, did you watch the documentary last night? So. <laughs> I had a really, 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 really strong schedule yesterday, and I didn't get in until late, but I did tape it. Okay. And um, and I'm with Marcus. I got to have space and time to absorb. <laughs> so Marcus, I'm on team Marcus with this one. Yeah. We yeah. are not going to let anybody rush us through watching this thing. My mama watched it too. And I'm not talking to her until I am done watching it. She will spoil every piece of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my love me some yeah. Janet. Oh, my oh love Janet me some Jackson. Janet. She's so yeah, dope. She's so fly. Mm-hmm. She's so, oh, she's Just so everything. not regular. Oh, yes. But, but that's my thing. They were talking about how um, people were kept comparing her to Michael. And she was always in his shadow, but wait, me personally, are you telling? Are you telling the documentary? No, 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 no. no. I mean, okay. we all know that. We all know that, though. We okay. all know that. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I'm just making sure. <laughs> but this is my thing. Me personally, Janet was my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, Michael was in a is in a uh, class by himself. Yeah. I mean, for I mean, I mean that's that's that that can never be debated. But as far as like a pure 
talent, raw talent. Janet kind of broke the mold of the Jackson family to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, because she was her own person. And I think that started like with that uh, control album, because I think she may have been speaking to the fact that everybody wanted her to be in line with what the Jackson five and those guys were doing. And she already had it in her mind. She wanted to be her own person, her own artist. And I think she took that baton and she rolled with it. And mm-hmm. you're, we've, we've seen the fruits of her labor uh, over time. And, and so, you know, I can definitely understand where she comes from with that. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. <laughs> yeah. Janet, Janet to me is, um, she was she was part of the freedom that a lot of yeah. teenagers felt in the 80s and 90s and um and shoot even the early 2000s because she came out with that anything baby, uh-huh. any place i don't care who's around like Ooh. she is she's so <laughs> she's so amazing um comparing her to mike i think is as a compliment and also very unfair but it's unfair exactly. to mike because first of all mike ain't that pretty uh, but Mike was cute. He was cute, but he wasn't that pretty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Janet, Janet, Janet Miss Jackson, if you nasty. This Miss Janet Jackson, she gave us something to look forward to. She gave a lot of teenage girls um, um, uh, something to look for, just something beautiful to look forward mm-hmm. to. And she gave mm-hmm. us some good dance moves too. And her yeah, voice, mm-hmm. her voice is like velvet. It's just pretty. Yeah. She's just pretty inside and out. It just don't make no sense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, and that song, it brought a lot of peace into my heart. Mm. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. That velvet rope is is uh is been documented on this podcast that that's one of uh uh Byron's uh favorite uh albums, right? Mm. Oh, Mine yeah, was definitely. Janet. Mine was the Janet yeah. album. Mm. That's my favorite Definitely. Janet Jackson album. Yeah. But work. we can spend all day talking about Janet Jackson, but we gotta we gotta keep that, we gotta keep the train moving. What's next, Kim? So since we were talking about that piece that you were giving, we're gonna talk about the Clark sisters real quick. You brought okay. the sunshine. You know she on my list. That's on my oh. list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clark Sisters, mm. you bring the sunshine. Bring, yes. With Clark Sisters consisting of Karen, Dorinda, Twinkie, and the other one. <laughs> You're wrong for that. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Check it out. The only reason why I said the other one was because I couldn't think of her name right off the top of my head. And I got my phone right here, but I was trying to be professional, try to recall from memory, but uh yeah. So, um, so we have we have Jackie Clark. 
Jackie, right? Jackie. Yeah, Jackie. We got Denise, Niecy Clark. Niecy. We got right. Al, Albernita, Twinkie Clark. And we got Dorinda and Karen Clark. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. You better correct him. No, it ain't correction. It's teamwork. Teamwork. That's right. Teamwork. That's right. <laughs> but that was released. That track was released back in 1981 Ooh. from their uh, titled album, You Brought the Sunshine. And of course, if you saw the movie, you know that Twinkie Jane, the inspiration from that song, from the Master Blaster song by Stevie Wonder. Wonder. Mm -hmm. uh-huh. And so, uh, Tari, why do you have it on your uh, playlist? Well, first of all, that was one of those songs we woke up to in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, it used to kick my day off. And when I first heard it, it probably, I mean, besides, I mean, you know, you've got the Patti LaBelle's, the Aretha's and the, the Stephanie Mills, um, who infused my life with so many good chill-like moments. But this song, it woke my spirit up as a child in such a way I couldn't even, I didn't understand the understanding of understanding. Mm -hmm. Like the word understanding had left the building. I was like, I don't get it. Why do I feel so amazing after I hear that song? And mm -hmm. this is one of those songs that made that happen um, for me. And like I said, you know, music is a spirit, is a spirit on this song. Mm -hmm. And it, it is, you know, yeah. it is just too good. It's too good to not start your day with. So. For, for years, I would start my day with this one, and I would start with um, Happy Feelings with, uh, by Frankie Beverly May. Frankie so Beverly. my, my two, two wake-up songs, this good. was that, that Clark Sisters, You Brought the Sunshine, and then Happy Feelings by Frankie Beverly. After that, you should have a glorious day. It is impossible not to. That's what exactly. I'm trying to tell the people. <laughs> but this I get chills every time I hear this song. Yes, th this was ahead of its time. This is before um, the, um, not, what is his name? Um, before, Kirk Franklin. thank you. I couldn't think of his name. This is before <laughs> Kirk Franklin, when he transformed gospel music, they yes. are the blueprint. Yes, they yeah, are. They're the first ones that actually were able to do it and were playing on regular R&B radio. Yeah, right. yeah, they they're legendary, and I don't think they get the credit that they deserve. They don't. Um, I want them to get more credit. They sang at Aretha's uh, funeral, mm -hmm. and when they were singing, you could see the, the the energy and the space that the funeral was in change. And mm -hmm. I know Aretha's spirit was dancing to it, baby. Because uh -huh. I mean, how could you not celebrate her like that? That's right. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. One remarkable thing about this song is that it it did cross over. It mm -hmm. sold over 200,000 units Ooh. and it uh, crossed over to number 16 on the U.S. Billboard hip hop charts of mm -hmm. songs or R&B charts at the time. Mm -hmm. And actually onto the dance charts, number 27 mm -hmm. on the uh, dance, dance club yeah. charts. Okay. It's so, one of the um, only songs I've heard in the club. Exactly. They were the gospel songs. The, club. the only other song I've heard this much was Jesus Walks by Kanye West. I, it, was, I, it was Jesus I, Walks. And then there was, <laughs> you brought the sunshine. sunshine. <laughs> and I wanted anybody to dare themselves to sit still in their seat. Exactly. Dare exactly. you. <laughs> and, and, and one more also, uh, uh, um, Sounds of Blackness. Optimistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Optimistic. I always forget to put them on the gospel What's the other song? How the Good Lord Works. That's how yeah. he works. Yeah, that's how the good Lord works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we need a fact check on that. 
that's a good one right right so what's next Kim? so this wonderful woman celebrated her birthday just a couple of days ago and this is our girl anita baker yes. with you bring me joy come on <laughs> come on I know, I know. This is one of Marcus's favorite. Mm, His mm. favorite. He always says that I'm the one who introduced him to Anita Baker. So Mm -hmm. since you say that, I have to play another one for you real quick. And this is Mm. whatever it takes. Oh wow. Song you played before you slipped that one in there was You Bring Me Joy. 
from the most incomparable album of an all of R&B history, Rapture. The greatest eight songs ever put together by an artist, hands down. Number six, by the way, I, I know this, all right. <laughs> Originally recorded in 1980 by Norman Connors, again, released in 1986. I don't know, <laughs> y'all just go ahead. <laughs> Whatever it takes was the third song from her fourth album, Compositions, which was my mm. favorite album. This was another album that had some of the most wonderful songs. Because I was going to put fairy tales on here, but no, don't do it. Don't make no, my butt on the do floor. I place curled up play and stuck in my thumb. <laughs> I wasn't going to do it to you. I couldn't Y'all do play it. Play to too you. much. <laughs> My favorite is that one. So I got that's my favorite album by her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. You can't go wrong with Anita. You just can't. You just can't. It's impossible. You can't. And uh, again, um, happy birthday to her. You know, I I did read somewhere where she's making a comeback. Uh, I think it's in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes, sometimes she just got the. She just got the rights to her masters. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. That is that is beautiful R and B. Uh, facts right now because people don't understand how bad the industry can hurt an artist sometimes yeah and And that's the thing prince uh told her to do this a long time ago Mm -hmm. and she's finally getting what he got right before he died so yeah it that we all understand how them not having the actual rights to their own creative Mm -hmm. music is 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 deep yeah yeah there's there's a gentleman back in the 60s that did it first. Um, not Otis Redding, but uh, who was it? The uh, uh, I think uh, Ray, uh, Ray, Ray, Ray Charles. Actually it was somebody, did. there was one person right before him that did um, that. And, um, and I think we discussed it before, but I can't remember who it was. But Mike, from modern times, Michael Jackson was really the first person to do what Prince was trying to do. Frank and Sinatra, so, was it Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra, what? Um, what do you mean? On on this master was one on. Well, you know, I R- guess, R&B. you know, I'm not sure. I'm not a big Frank Sinatra fan, fat person, but okay. I'm but speaking on the on the melanated um, R&B artist. Oh, okay, gotcha. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then Michael Jackson would be the first that I witnessed. You know, just read about as a kid, uh-huh. as a teenager, like you know, uh-huh. really taking hold and controlling his music. I mean, I I was just read a fact. Uh, recently where they said that Eminem had a diss line in one of his rap songs about Mike and Mike didn't respond to it. He just bought Eminem's catalog. That's right. That's right. Wow. That's gangster. That was, yeah, that was his response to to Eminem talking crazy. He said, okay. Move in silence. Move in silence. But but, but make sure (laughs) that they're going to feel it. Yeah, but that was Anita to me for her to get her master's just as recent as the, this past year. Mm-hmm. I think within the last few months, I thought mm-hmm. that was amazing. And it's such a beautiful thing because when you see her live, she's so dynamic. Um, and then I know she was refusing to perform. Um, uh, because she, she, and now maybe we'll get some more Anita in our lives. I, she's I on my bucket so. list. She's on my bucket list. I mean, before yes, I leave this earth, I, I've got to I got to see her. I saw her I tear down a park stage in uh, in uh, Queens, New York. She mm. tore that stage up, left smoke, and walked out. And then me and my husband ended up sitting in first class with her on the wow. way to Chicago. Wow. Oh my gosh! Wow. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! 
You sat next to Anita Baker? Yes, we did. Oh, Which my God. She was, we had the two seats on this side, and she was sitting across from us. And we had just left her concert. So we left her concert and ended up on the plane with her. And then we we landed in Detroit because we were doing a um we were doing a we were spokespersons for the Ford Ford Explorer at the time. And so we mm. get to Detroit, we get off the plane, she gets off with us and she said, baby, she turned around, looked at me, she said, I gotta use the bathroom. Here, hold my bags. <laughs> and, and she touched her she, property. She gave me her purse. <laughs> and her suitcase and one duffel bag and I was to stand there and wait for her to come from the ladies room wow, oh, wow. I just stood there and I said ma'am it is an honor and a pleasure <laughs> you know? wow. and we exactly. took a nice picture with her and it was just beautiful oh wow music hero yeah it is she is Please move on, Kim. <laughs> I know, because we'll be here talking about Anita for the next hour if I don't. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. All right, so this is another one of my favorites, as long with Tari's, and I think everybody else on here. And her birthday was actually on the 16th, and this is Sade. Yeah. Oh. Love Deluxe, one of the best albums ever from Sade, my, me personally. And honestly, Sade, I don't think she gets enough credit. I mean, I, I, I don't think she does because she, the Janae Aikos, that's what she's kind of trying to tailor herself mm -hmm. to be like the next um, Sade to me. What do y'all think? No, nobody can be uh, shot. We cannot put her in the same category as no. Sade. I'm sorry. No. No, you she's trying, that. though. She's trying. Not to her, but oh, yeah, it, it, it's totally different vibes. And yeah. Sade um, has done her thing her way from the start. And she keeps us waiting like fine wine for in between projects, but it, it's always worth the wait. And this song actually was a Grammy Award winner for her. You all didn't know mm -hmm. she won our best R&B performance 
by Duar Group, uh, well, the group was Charday mm-hmm. um, in 1994. And, and Sweetback. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> Sweetback, yeah. exactly. Her, her, her actual band is called Sweetback, but yeah, the whole thing together is Sade. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Tara, uh, are you feeling this? I know you are. Oh, yeah. It's on my favorite song list um, that I sent to you guys. So thank y'all for playing it. <laughs> um, I will tell you, um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of inspiration. And um, so I think that Janae Aiko, um, to answer, Kimmy, your question, um, if Janae Aiko is heading or attempting to head in the direction of Sade. Uh, then we've got, you know, at least good energy and good vibes. We know at least, and her music does feel good. It does. Um, and, I, and I try to speak um, on this this new generation of, of singers um, in a way that lifts them. So for me, um, while she can make the attempt, it would be very very difficult to to give her full Charde credit. I think it's a beautiful attempt that she's making. Mm. <laughs> um, this, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I think that um, that we have to give her at least the inspirational credit that if she's been influenced by Sade, thank God, because I want this generation to get closer to the things that we grew up with, mm-hmm. um, you know, musically. And Sade is untouchable. She's like, mm. I almost feel like when I see her sing, I feel like she's floating off the stage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, yes. some like people just, yeah, so it's like her toes mm-hmm. and her feet are just kind of elevated. Here's the floor. And then she's about here. And she's slowly, as she's singing, she's just, <laughs> she's doing a, she's thing a unicorn. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, she's completely grounded when she's on yeah. the stage and it's mm-hmm. like, all that energy just comes pouring out and she's yeah. just just you can just yeah. feel it from all yeah. the way in the back I, yeah she's she's other world she's yeah, otherworldly. She she's, she's otherworldly she's, yeah. yeah so i i appreciate some Charday in my life i feel like when i play her music i know i'm gonna have a good saturday morning cleanup mm-hmm. and i know that if i'm driving <laughs> if i'm driving in the car i know it's about to be a great road trip mm-hmm. um you know you mm-hmm. can't play Charday and not have a good day that's just period so we're gonna continue that cleaning in our on this Saturday morning with a little bit more Saturday with Turn My Back on You. Come on. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. So, Turn My Back On You, Sade was uh, on her Stronger Than Pride album released in 1988. It was the fourth single released from that album, and it peaked at number 12 on the U.S. Billboard Hot R&B and Hip Hop Songs chart. It was the follow-up to another grooving hit, Nothing Can Come Between Us. Mm. So, my, my love for this song comes from my teenage years in high school. Every time I hear the song, I'm transported back to my high school days, listening to B103 in Atlanta. 
they had this track on heavy rotation. Rotation. I, I graduated. It. It's just the, it's just the total vibe, the, the bass line, the hovering vocals. It's just one, another one of those late night tracks that I mentioned like before. You know, that you want to just chill out to, drive through the streets, fifty streets maybe, or listen to after leaving a club. You know, when you're mm-hmm. trying to bring yourself down. Bring yourself down. It's mm-hmm. one of those tracks. One of those. But yes, but like Tari was saying, the, her band. That's another unsung. <laughs> they are really unsung because they, um, from Cherish the Day, her version, that who does that? You heard what I said. <laughs> <laughs> the guitar, the guitar. Yeah. Whatever that was. I mean, no one ever, um, her band was just phenomenal. I think that's part of the reason why she is so great it's because she has the right people around her also you want to know, know an interesting fact maxwell uses our members from her band as well oh, okay. really yeah matthew stewartson if I'm, please forgive me i hope i'm getting his name correct one of the main members of her band sweetback he works with maxwell also okay nice little tidbit there yeah Very so good. what's so what's next kim our queen of R&B, Miss mm. Aretha Franklin, ain't no way. All right. Wow, that was one of, one of Tari's picks. Uh, Aretha Franklin, Ain't No Way. Now, Tari, check this out. Now, we had Lenny Williams on the, mm. one of our episodes. Come on. And, and check it out. This was one of his picks. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> Lenny is on my favorite top five on the other side, baby. <laughs> yes. And Lenny, is, lot of real. Lenny, Lenny, Lenny is the real deal, honey. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, a bit about the song. This song was released in 1968. It was written by her sister, Carolyn Franklin. Peaked at number 16 on the Hot 100, number nine on the Hot R&B charts. Anything that uh, Aretha Franklin touches is gold. Uh, we uh-huh. all know that. Uh, that's why they call the Queen of Soul. Now, sorry, now, why, why was this on your playlist? Again, I was a different kind of child. And when I listened to this song, I would close my eyes and just imagine that I would find a love that would make me feel like this. And I'm telling you, you know, little girls, we're taught to be princesses and we're taught to, you know, we, we're we taught so much as little girls, but this song made me feel like one day I would be that kind of woman, somebody that just would love so much that um, it would be mm. no way. And there's no way. It ain't no way. <laughs> and, <laughs> to me, this song is so good. It's just so good. It's just so good. 
But I, I, you know, now I apply it to loving myself. There you go. You know, when you listen to the words back then, I don't think I was really forming, you know, okay, this is what this means. I just knew it meant deep love and, and, and passion. And, but now, you know, as a woman, I'm like, oh yeah. So I have my husband, I have the love of my life, my life. Now let me apply some of that to me. Mm. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that because mm. we need to take a second real quick to talk about your husband named Jay Ivey, a poet, made appearances on uh, Dev Poetry back in the day. Yeah. But we need, to, we need to take a moment to celebrate him because he has accomplished something that not very many people in the world can say. You want to tell us about that, Tari? Mm-hmm. So he's having a very beautiful season of accomplishments. Um, Jay Ivey is, um, he is a world-renowned poet. He's known for his work with Kanye West and Jay-Z on the song, Never Let Me Down on the College Dropout album. Oh my Um, goodness. He has recently been Grammy nominated for his latest release, which is called Catching Dreams. He has an album called Catching Dreams. It's a poetry um, recording um, and it's, it's amazing. And so um, just the real side plug there, I'm all the female vocals on that album. So when you listen to <laughs> it, right, make right. sure you, you know, check all of that out and, and just, you know, just have that little note in your side pocket. Uh, so he's got the Grammy nomination for that. And the Grammys are happening April the 3rd. So we'll get to find out if he won the Grammy on that day. Another thing that he's doing right now is he is the lead writer um, and co-conspirator of the new Kanye West trilogy documentary that Netflix will be releasing. It's going wow. to theaters February the 10th. Wow. It'll be on Netflix February the 16th. And there's one other thing I can, well, he's got a bunch of other things, but so he just did Madison Square Garden. He did the halftime for Martin Luther King holiday for the Knicks, uh, for the New York Knicks game on MLK Day. And he has a show coming out this week and you guys make sure to check it out. It's on Tuesdays on NBC. He'll make an appearance on um, the, the the new hit show Grand Crew. And, okay. Oh, yeah, I've seen uh-huh. the advertisements for that. I've yeah. seen the advertisements. Yeah, it's yeah. a fun. It's a very. It's just so much fun, and and it's us, and it's like the new friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. we we all long overdue mm-hmm. for a good new friends uh, sitcom mm-hmm. or TV series. When Jay will make people. us. Yes, these melanated people is doing it, baby. Um, But he's making an appearance on Grand Crew this Tuesday as well. So So we're going to check that out. We've got a lot of good things, but make sure y'all check out Catching Dreams. It's Grammy nominated. Make sure y'all check out the the film that he just did the lead writing for, which is the Kanye West trilogy called Genius. Um, And it's a bunch of geniuses that help put it together. It's um, directed by Kuti and Chike. That's the direction team. Um, The producer and director is Kuti and Chike. And it's called Genius, but it's not spelled with a G. It's spelled with a J. J J-E-E-N slash or dash Y-U-H-S. And don't forget, Genius Catching Dreams. That's J I V. Did I tell the right uh, fact, uh, Marcus? Was that yes. one of the? Okay. Okay. Because yes. I didn't know which one you <laughs> were talking about. I said he got a few things going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to make sure people understand that, you know, when you're talking about the Grammy nominated uh, aspect of it, ladies and gentlemen, you got to understand he's in the running for a Grammy with LeVar Burton, Come on. Don Cheadle, mm-hmm. and Dave Chappelle. And mm. Barack Obama. Oh, Get out. wow! That's his yeah. competition. His wow. competition 
is that's a good category. That's a good LeVar Burton, Don Cheadle, Dave Chappelle, and Barack Obama. Wow. <laughs> there's another, um, mm. there's a poet, a featured poet on Dave Chappelle's project called his name is Amir Suleiman, too. So shout out to Amir. Um, just because we're trying to get the spoken word category to be specific to spoken word artists, but so far, um, this is probably one of the first times they've had. Well, it's 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 been a few times they tried and they've attempted, um, but this is the first time there has been two poets um, in that category. And Jay is the only poet in that category with a full spoken word album called Catching uh-huh. Dreams. Shameless plug again. <laughs> I, hope, I hope for that fact. I hope for that fact that it's all spoken word that he carries it through. Win for that category. Thank you, thank you. That's what we are. Um, we've got our our toes crossed, our ankles, our hands, ah. our fingers, <laughs> arms, everything crossed yeah. that he wins that um that award because mm-hmm. he deserves it. He's been working hard, oh so yeah. hard. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is that is awesome. Thank that you, awesome. thank you for acknowledging my love, man. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. We want we want to at some point. Hopefully, you know, he's not so busy. Maybe we can get a chance to sit out and talk with him. Uh, yeah. As as yeah. well. You yeah, know, so, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So what's next, Kim? Oh, wait, wait. Before we go there, I have to correct myself. I said Matthew Stewart said that Stuart Matthewman, that's the, the group member from Charday that works with Maxwell. Oh, that's sure oh, that's yeah. why Maxwell music is slamming like that. Exactly. Honestly, um, his last album, you could kind of hear that change in his music. You could kind of yeah. hear it. It was really good. Mm-hmm. So All right, so time. next up, I'm not being messy, but I'm doing Patty LaBelle. She does that. It's like this chill that goes all the way down your spine. Mm, mm, <laughs> it is. Mm, it is. Mm. That was uh, amazing. It, yes, that was Patty LaBelle. Of course, if only you knew from her album "In Love Again," released in 1983. I was written by Dave Wansell, Cynthia Biggs, reached number 46 on the Hot 100. And most people who are Patti LaBelle fans, they associate Patti LaBelle with this song. As many songs as Patti LaBelle has had in her lifetime. I'm not going to say this is her most successful one, but this is the one that kind of it really exposed her range. She really does a great job on this track. And I'm pretty sure that's the reason why you chose it. Right, Tori? Yeah, yeah, I, I I definitely agree with you. Her range on this song is so dynamic. Um, and I'm sure she's responsible for a whole lot of babies on this earth. Yes. <laughs> she is responsible. Yeah. I'm going to give her the full and total credit um, because I know for a fact I was made right after a card party. And um, <laughs> 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 I, know, I know for a fact Patty did some of them card parties herself. 
uh, I don't know this factually, but I know it factually. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I understand. I she understand. Uh, she has a she has another song that shows her range too. Uh, Lady Marmalade. She, I think that may have been. I think that's when she was in the group, right? The Labels. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think her range also there um, was probably pretty prominent. Um, but her range touches every. Oh my goodness! Mm, goodness, she can't help it. I, no, I saw her can't. perform live. And we were at BB mm-hmm. King's in New York, and uh, it was actually a show that I was opening up for. And this this woman lit that stage up. Ooh. I know she did. Oh, baby, she was standing on the side of the stage. When I came off, I finished performing, and she said, "Baby, you did a good job. I'm gonna be looking for you." She said, "Oh, you going places? Oh, I can't wait to see Aww. you." Thing. And then she went on that stage and tore it up. I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she touched my shoulder. <laughs> Man, Patty, I mean, and she's got such an auntie vibe. She like your mm, favorite she does. auntie. She does. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So she, I mean, she's amazing. But I chose that song because, I mean, when you talk about a love song, whew. Mm. Mm. That's awesome. I, I remember with this song being on a school bus. Mm. The bus driver would always have the radio on. And whenever this song came on, and mind you, I lived in a mixed area demographically, you know, mostly white, you know, a couple of speckles in. A little black uh, pepper and a salt shaker. <laughs> <laughs> the entire bus would always be silent. Everyone wanted to sit and listen to the song mm. and mm. be mesmerized by it. And I guess that, that factors into its overall appeal because it was her first number well i wouldn't say number one but it's her first crossover as a solo artist into the hot 100 at the yeah. time it right peaked at, i think 46 at the time but yeah. it speaks volumes on its appeal absolutely absolutely so where are we going now kim Ooh, we are going to talk about some tina marie with that oh, portuguese oh. lover oh man <laughs> yeah <laughs> Sorry, yeah. y'all. I'll be up there singing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're having a good time. I was glad you're having a good time. You know, I'm, I'm going to say this, too. Um, you know, we talked about doing a uh, Blue-Eyed Soul episode. Now, oh, she's she not... will definitely be on it. <laughs> no, she's not. Why not? Because she ain't Blue-Eyed Soul to me. She, she all us. Y'all done congregated and had a vote. Yeah, she... Yeah, she, right. she, she she got the right hand of fellowship. She she with us. She now. got the right hand of fellowship. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Yeah. She she been at the cookout. She was yeah, on, she, she was yeah. on the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was a uh, Portuguese Love by Tina Marie released in 1982 uh, from that same titled album Portuguese Say Love. 
it's just it's, I mean, just listen to it. Follow mm-hmm. up of the the Square Biz joint, you know what I'm saying? And Kim Marie just has this voice, and I, I, I'm glad we're showcasing females that have a lot of range, you know. And it just coincides with what we're doing with Utah. You know, you you have range, and you know how to use the music to 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 pierce the soul of a person. Mm-hmm. And I think every song that we played on all of our playlists does that. Mm, so thank you. So how do you feel about Tina Marie? Oh my goodness, Tina Marie, another a, a pivotal point in my my love for music because I mean even this song, uh, this isn't even my favorite favorite Tina Marie song. I almost I, I sat here and I'm looking at the list and y'all playing it, so I'm like, yep, that's on my top. But I should have put a part two to this Tina Marie <laughs> moment because that deja vu. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. something real going on in that song too. And yeah. I was like, shoot, can I do a part? I'm gonna send them a revised list again. Yeah. Look, I yeah. sent y'all two, two revisions. Yeah, I'm gonna have did. to send you another did. revision. I feel I feel so many emotions when I hear Tina sing. And um, I mean, another person I've gotten an opportunity to see live, she's amazing. She sounds just like the record live mm-hmm. i mean wow. well and god bless her soul god rest her soul i miss her um but she, I, I miss her too. I, yeah yeah she was something so so real like she's a weapon you know mm-hmm. <laughs> this woman's voice is amazing so the way i feel about it there i don't know if they made a word for it yet but i feel something about team marie i yeah, feel yeah. i feel her music somewhere deep inside of my soul you know and that, and that's connected that too because i had her on my list too but you know we wanted to make sure that we, we played which George. song did you pick marcus i need to know i picked one of her her later tracks uh, i'm still mm-hmm. in love i'm still in love oh yeah You're, that's a good one that's a beautiful yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I like that uh, one, too. one of my favorites, this is another one that they don't play enough, was Casanova Brown. Oh, yeah. Oh, honey. Mm. If you have oh. not heard that song by Tina Marie, that that's, was another one. That, that's, that's part C. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Casanova Brown was one of them songs that you did not hear until like 1230 midnight on WBLS in, <laughs> in New York. Come on. And, and Come you're on. like, wait, Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Can't well, even understand. Favorite song minus Ooh La La. Ooh La La. That was a good one. That That's was a good a one. Good one. <laughs> please, Kim, take us away from here. <laughs> we gotta be on here for another two hours if we don't stop. <laughs> We're gonna go to Phyllis Hyman, ooh. someone who was very oh. unsung. Mm. And she was wonderful. Oh, you just oh my don't gosh. Know. This is so much. You Ooh. just don't know. I know we're going to be all be crying by the end of the stage. Yeah. <laughs> Feel us, baby. Let it play through the hook, baby. All right. you what it's like planning all my evenings by the TV guide. Wishing you were with me. Let me show you how I wished you Let me give you all the love You just don't know what I've been going through You just don't know how I've been missing you 
you know. Mm. I, <laughs> Marcus, I, you are right. No, nah, I know I'm not. All right, thanks for asking. <laughs> I, I stumbled upon this song watching her documentary. And um, and I fell in love with it then. And even now, until now, every time I play this song, you know, it makes me teary-eyed. Not because of the fact that it's just such a, a captivating song, but knowing Phyllis Hyman's history and that everything that she was going through at that moment, right, she put it in her music. And, like, I, I get teary-eyed because I want to reach out and help her. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just I just hate that she went through all that and no one was there to help her with all the stuff that's going on in the world today. You know, I mean, it's just hard for me to believe that a woman that talented mm. didn't have the resources that she need needed, you know, to help to help herself so that maybe her career may have continued 20, 30, 40, 50 more years, man. It, it just breaks my heart because you can just hear her crying out for help mm. in this song, you know. But needless to say, the production, the arrangement, the singing, in it, it's, just, it's just beautiful. I mean, y'all, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say she, she cried out loud through all of her songs, all of her music. Yeah. I mean, if anyone now looking back, you know, we know what happened and what eventually happened, but you look at her catalog and look at what, she, as, you know, the stuff that she released over those years, she was literally crying out to everyone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Those resources were not available to take, you know, just take notice of what she may be going through. And it's unfortunate. And I've seen many interviews that she was a part of, you know, with Donnie Simpson and uh, different people over the years. And she would literally say certain things and people seem to not even pick up on it right then and there and it's just it's sad yeah. but we have to matter celebrate her yeah the, matter know, fact that, that the, the name of the album was uh living all alone uh mm-hmm. 1986 and uh, that uh, actual song was a wonderful song too living all alone mm-hmm. yeah that was yeah. one of the one, uh, one of her best ones yeah mm-hmm. yeah are you are you, are you feel a Simon fan Tara? Um, I'm more than a Phyllis Hyman fan. <laughs> I mean, I know they use the word stand. I would go with uh, I'm a Phyllis mm. Hyman Glenda. I don't know what it is. Phyllis Hyman Glenda. I love this mm. Phyllis Hyman. Like I told y'all, I'll repeat again. I was a different child. I was listening to this kind of music. I was listening to Phyllis Hyman before I turned. I mean, I couldn't even been 10 years old and I was just grooving to some Phyllis Hyman. So, yeah, I was feeling her. And I was going to, in reflection of her, um, her passing and the way she passed, um, a lot of times when people are depressed, they do have some people around them um, that that could help them if they knew how to reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that in her depression, just based on all the history I've read up on her, and just reading newspaper articles, you know, the day of her passing and things, she felt like she didn't have people. She had a lot of people that would have helped her. But, you know, depression will make you an island, mm. um, you know, mm. uh, uh, one uh, 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 volunteer island. You, 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 you know, you kind of have to give that over and say, I don't you know, I'm not going to surround myself with anyone that I think can help me. But she had plenty of help. But in depression, mm. you know, the illness itself will remove you from realistic terms of grabbing that help. Mm. She could, she could have. Sorry, were you ever blessed to see her in concert? 
No, I know. I don't mm-hmm. even think I made it to an age that I could seek out. Uh, when she passed in what year? I know it was in um, 94, 95. 94, 96. Right. So by the yeah. time I was coming out of college, well, I was still in the middle of my college years then. Um, I hadn't even gotten an opportunity to, you know, that's some grown people stuff to get a Phyllis Hyman ticket. Yeah, it was. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, yeah. I didn't even feel grown enough to go to a Phyllis Hyman <laughs> 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 um, Exactly. Yeah, she, she was my, she was my, my adult goals. And um, mm-hmm. yep, I never got a chance to. But before we move on, I just want to say that the first time I saw her was in school days mm-hmm. at the, mm-hmm. in the, um, the um, pool mm-hmm. party. And mm-hmm. she was like a, a goddess when she came up on that stage. And it was just like yeah. everything just yeah. stopped. She was That's like, one of my favorite songs by her, mm-hmm. the school day soundtrack. But um, I know I put her on my list as well. So I see we did have some, some of the same. Wow. My, my song was Meet Me on the Moon because mm. when I say she take oh. that song, it's such a love song. It's just, ooh, it's that kind of love, baby. I don't know. Ooh, wait, that's a love song, though. I think she may have had the love song of all love songs with that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. What's next, Kim? Uh, this is another artist that we definitely need to celebrate because she is up there with Phyllis Hyman to me. Is Angela Wimbush? Oh, with Angel. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. Lift me up when I'm torn down. You brought me out of this lost and found. I found an angel. by Angela Wimbush. This track was released in 1987 as the first single from her debut album, Shark, on Polygram Records. As half of the duo of Renee and Angela, she finally parted ways and was able to give us hits like Angel, as well as some of her collaborations after Renee and Angela with um, Ron Isley, who was her husband at the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I love me some Angela Wimbush. I love this song. Why a storm staple? Yeah, mm, yeah, it is. It is. That, this one yeah. and uh, your smile. Oh, your yeah. smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's beautiful. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that one. Nah. I, I, I'm wondering what 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 Angela's doing nowadays. Um, I believe she's still touring. Okay, as it y'all, it seemed like her career kind of. Took a detour once she broke up from Ron Isley. Does, does it seem like that way to you guys? Or she yes, had a health scare as well. That she had she did with. get sick. She did get sick. Okay, some health issues. Okay. Okay. Mm. All, right. All right. Cool. Well, what's next, Kim? So next up, moving right along, is Stephanie Mills' home. Mm-hmm. 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 That's a good one. Oh yeah. And- 
I know she was supposed to be yeah. um, Dorothy in the Wiz, but uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Stephanie Mills should re- receive her bouquets every day. Uh, every she day. She looks and sounds great. She has certainly contributed to the soundtrack of our lives. A home was a full circle moment, I feel, for her as the uh, title of her 12th studio album and second single from which to be released from that album. Home returned her. To her her stomping grounds because it, as you mentioned before from the Wiz from which Stephanie Mills performed in 1975. So she returned home. Nice play on words. Bring it around town. We land this plane together. So the album peaked at number five on the Billboard Top R&B Hip Hop Albums chart while the actual single hit the top spot on the U.S. Billboard R&B Singles Chart. Uh, this was the second number one single rolling in behind the album's first single, Something in the Way You Make Me Feel. Mm-hmm. And uh, a key fact, uh, you may not know this, but uh, Take Six provided the background vocals for this gem. Get out! And this also marked the last of five number ones for Stephanie Mills on the R&B chart. All right. Well, what's next, Kim? Legacy, one of my favorites, oh. and someone else's. Okay. And in the morning. Yeah, that was Let It See was In The Morning. Uh, that was one of my chooses. Uh, this was a song was released in 2007 from the Lost and Found album. You know, I first heard this song, I think I was listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show, maybe. Mm-hmm. Probably. Uh, uh, and just, I, I just heard a voice, I'm like, yo, she's got a unique voice that you don't hear too often. Is is one of the voices kind of like Tari's that's, you know, you can't compare it to nobody else. It's it's theirs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know. Um, and, and she's one of those people. And I just hate she's had some um success uh, in the music game, but not the success that I thought she would have. That you she know, should have, and that deserves. she should have exactly. You know, because she she is a wonderful kind of singer. She has a very unique voice, 
And again, we talked about we've been talking about the range of all these mm-hmm. artists. Uh, her range is unbelievable. Yes, you it know? is. And, and um, she can sing so, anything. She can sing yes, anything. Yeah. Yes, yeah. she could. Yeah. So, 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 real quick. Sorry. Now, I know you held Anita Baker's bags. <laughs> Patty Labelle touched you on the shoulder. Yes. All right. So, have you done something with Lettucey? Yes or no? I have not done anything with Lettucey, but Lettucey is a good friend of my husband's. Um, they serve oh. um, and they they do community service together for the Grammys for the Recording Academy. So, um, yeah, so uh, she and she's an amazing person from what my husband tells me. She's extremely she I mean, I've I've heard her and my husband speak before. She's just a down to earth sister. And not to mention, she just crossed over uh, Delta Sigma Theta, you know, really? Yeah, on the national line, the honorary uh, members line. So she's she is a member of a very prestigious organization. (laughs) So so she we already knew she was amazing. and Now she's even more amazing, you know, with with all these new pointers. But no, she she seems to be uh, a really, really beautifully talented person. I mean, also deeply talented. And I I can't say anything but wonderful things about Let Us See. She seems to really have it together. And I will say this. Um, listening, I hear sometimes people say, well, she, you know, she, that we're not getting our just do or she doesn't do this. So, you know, I wish we would do more for this person. We're at the beginning. She's still at the beginning of her career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. it's coming. It's right, coming. Real, so real quick, real quick question for you, Tari, now before we move forward now, um, is there any uh, artists that you want to collaborate with? You got like a dream, dream list that you want to collaborate with a certain artist? Yeah. yeah so um i'd love to do um a whole now this is gonna take us out of the r&b world a little bit but Mm -hmm. i'll keep us in the r&b world because i'm gonna be half the project but i'm going to do a duet album with busta rhymes okay i said it i said it i said what i said (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we love we had a whole conversation about Buster Rhymes mm-hmm. being one of yes, the best the artists best, best hip hop artists and he does not get his due like he should we had a whole conversation about that it is so. and, 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 and rightly so because if you had to give this man his accolades you would not have another news broadcast it would be <laughs> over he yeah. would shut the world down the man that is down the, shut the it man down. is and, and he's a nice guy too i've uh, i've been um a part of uh well i'm on tour with slick rick so i get an opportunity to spend time with some of these people um you know we don't we're not personal friends but uh to share stages that he's touched like when he you know dropped the mic and it's on fire and then we go out after him <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. we go before him. I mean, he's just amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. So I got to do an album with uh, with Busta. And another person I want to work with. And uh, uh, okay, okay, y'all, y'all gonna have to give me a break because I'm a real, I'm a huge hip hop fan. But I really want to do something with Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, oh, he's oh, very okay. good. And okay. uh, and Rhapsody. So those are my three hip hop people okay. that I wanna I wanna do something with. And of course, my husband. He's hip hop all day. He's hip hop's favorite poet. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I I want I want I want with my whole soul. I want to do an entire project with Quincy Jones. Ooh. I would love for me and Quincy to get together. Mm. Uncle Quincy, that's what I plan to call him. <laughs> <laughs> I plan to have Uncle Quincy produce one of my projects. So maybe one day. 
it's, it's gonna happen. Okay. It's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, not there. just that. Not just that. This I'm gonna speak this into existence as well. Um, I want to see you do a project with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Oh, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I would like to see that as well. I think, you know, if uh, I think they did something with Mariah Carey here that just came out recently, and I think it uh-huh. worked out Ooh. wonderfully. Wonderful. Okay. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. I want, I'm going to have to check it out because I don't think I've heard it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's keep the same. And, and there's one more, too, actually. Uh-huh. I want to work with Bruno Mars and Anderson Pop. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, Sonic. Sonic. Yes. Sonic. But yeah. I literally, individually, that Bruno Mars and that Anderson Pack, they got some fire and they hot. Hot. Yeah. Mm. yeah. They, they make, make you do this to your shoulders. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. They like, take oh. it back. They take yeah. it back to They're real music. They're giving us what we're missing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're they are actually bridging the gap between the two generations. Is what yeah. they're doing in they, a commercial way, in the pop yeah. way, mm-hmm. in the pop and, world. And, and and I I'm not mad at them. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Exactly. Now what's next, Cam? We have to talk about my girl, Jilly, from Philly. All right. And we are going to play something that they didn't really play on the radio, but this is the song that made me turn my head like, who is that? Honey Molasses. Ah. It was magic the way it happened, pure electricity. I felt so inspired and afraid at the same time. I don't know whether to sing or to them if you did not have the album you missed out honey so this Mm -hmm. is from her first album this is the 10th track and on the who is jill scott words and sounds volume one and you better have two three and four and this of course did not get much airplay but this is a masterpiece that she did with her spoken word and this music, oh my lord! Yes, <laughs> yes. You know, yes. one thing about it. Let me kind of give you some background on Tar- uh, Tari on uh, Kimmy. All right, <laughs> when we make our playlists, you know, I, me personally, I try to make you know pick songs that people probably heard at some point. Kimmy <laughs> don't do that. No, I don't. <laughs> she don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you you really have to be like a, a real real music lover like her in order. Like there's certain songs you like. Well, I ain't never heard that one. But then but when, when you hear, hear it, but when you hear it, like oh my god, like how come I never heard that? And that's just what I, that's just what I thought about. You never that. heard that one, Marcus? No, man. No. Like I said, you had to have the album. You had to have the album. This for is that a tra- This is a tragedy in itself because you've been exactly. living all these years without any molasses. <laughs> right. No. No. I have. Like oh, I said, no. the first time I was in Columbia, South Carolina, visiting some friends, and someone had the album, and this song came on, and we were playing spades. <laughs> 
And I had to put them cards down and was like, who is that? <laughs> yeah. What what who is that? Where can I get it? Oh my goodness. That's yes. one of that's another one of those no. plant one of those plant-based tracks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see. That's a plant-based sorry. track. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I know you had sorry, I know you had a song, one of her songs on your list as well, uh, a long walk, was it? Yes. So what is so special about that song for you? I mean, she long walk to me talked about, first of all, it was the reintroduction to me. They called it Neo soul, but it ain't nothing new about soul. And what Jill walking around with every day, I don't know how she is handling that backpack called an old soul, but she is Mm -hmm. carrying an old soul on her back. And long walk was one of those songs I thought that brought that old soul back. And um, in that also it brought some awakening. So like for people who, um, to me, who need music to inspire them to dig deeper, she talked about Momia and she Uh talked about freedom and she talked about love. She talked about meeting. It was like, you know, I say nowadays, the reason why we may not have as many solid marriages is because people are forgetting to listen to that music that brought, you know, music to me teaches us how to love sometimes. Mm-hmm. You don't always get that conversation at home. Exactly. No, they're not taking that long walk. They don't want to go on that long walk. Right. Anymore. And so Jill took the time to give us a tutorial. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I feel like people needed that tutorial um, at the time that the song released. And, and it's still, to me, very uh, timeless. That yeah. song is important to, uh, to the community, to the culture, because it talked about so much, including love. And it wasn't just a love song. It was about how to how to start a conversation with somebody. Yeah. You she, gotta, was rolling, uh, huh? she, was roll, she was rolling trees on that walk as well. Yes, yes. she was. <laughs> yes, she was. <laughs> methodology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was definitely plant-based at that point. She was yeah. plant-based. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, 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 I done started something. All right. <laughs> so here we go. What's next, Kim? Oh, let me see. What do we have next? How about long walk? How about that? Let's take a long walk around the park after dark. Find a spot, us to spark conversation, verbal elation, stimulation, share our situation, temptation, education, relaxation, elevation. Maybe we can talk about Revelations 317 Or maybe we can see a movie Or maybe we can see a play on Saturday Or maybe we can roll a tree and feel the breeze And listen to a symphony Or maybe chill and just be Or maybe, maybe we can take a cruise And listen to the roots Or maybe eat some passion fruit Or maybe cry to the blues Or maybe we could just be silent One of these days, one of these days, they're gonna let us play the whole song. One of these days, I know <laughs> that, that's about spirituality and everything. Yes, she song. did. Yeah. Ooh, come did. on, yeah. come on, Jill, uh-huh. Jilly from like, Philly. I know. <laughs> but yeah, 
Jill's got, you know, I'm, I, I think the best is still yet to come for her. It's good to yes. see her that she, she's venturing out. Uh, uh, she's dabbing her hand and act, and that's an actress. Uh, she's doing, she's really doing her thing, uh, and uh, but she still got those vocals, and um, she's she's really doing her thing. So big shout out to uh, Jill Scott, you know. Okay. Yeah. So what's next, Cam? We gotta take it back to some Jody Watley, still a thrill. Mm. One of my favorites, my favorite mm. song of hers. Yeah. Mine too. It feels like the first time when we met. Your charm still overwhelms me. Tell me, how can it be when we make love? Still a You know yeah. what? Forgive me now. I'm about to go off on one of my tangents. <laughs> As I <talk laughs> All right. About this song. All right. right. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So, Still a Thrill released on her self titled debut album as a solo artist, Jody Watley in 1987. Peaked at number 56 on the Hot 100, number three on the US Billboard Black Singles Chart, number eight on the Billboard Hot Dance Play Charts. It's, it's raw with just the right attitude, urban chic at its best. And when I hear the song, I think of the video. If you mm-hmm. know, it's everything to me. It's shot in black and white until the last 40 seconds. And it features one of her soul train alums, the late great Tyrone the Bone Proctor. It stands as a masterclass in whacking, pose, and freestyle. And it marked Jody Watley as the very first artist to ever shoot a music video or anything in the Palais Garnier in Paris, making it a timeless offering to our culture. So that's all I have to say about that. You all, <laughs> yourself. I just had to get that out. Well, I, I think I just recently posted that video on our page just a couple of days mm-hmm. ago. So yes, with that fact on there. But Jody Watley is definitely, she's still out there doing it. She's still singing, yes, touring is. and everything. So we need to definitely still give her her flowers. Absolutely. And she's sh- she's one of Chicago's um, hometown favorites also. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> All right. Now, um, you mentioned, Tari, real quick. Now, do you have a part in the movie, in the uh, documentary at all? Um, well, because I was around for a lot of the history of, of everything that happened around Kanye's um, introduction to the world around the college dropout and um, even some of his mixtapes before, I've recorded 38 songs with Kanye. Um, and in my recording uh, history with Kanye, um, you will see me appear. Um, like I show up gently. I show up in rooms. Uh, so even in the first part, because there's a three part, um, you know, it's a trilogy documentary. So it's 90 minutes each documentary. Um, <clears throat> I walk in with a, you'll see me, I have an afro. <laughs> and I, I walk in, I'm accompanied by J.I.B., my husband. And um, you see uh, actually one of the first times that I met Kanye and that's on film. So. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, so I'm there. And then there's another appearance that I make in the film um, where I'm singing in the booth. You can hardly see me because the microphone is there, but they, you know, they show that it's me. And I'm in the booth tearing up somebody hook. I don't know who hook. <laughs> I don't know who. Is this actually an actual documentary or is it a scripted? No, it's a, it is a documentary. So the part, my husband being the lead writer, he wrote the narration for the film for the documentary for all three parts. 
And um, so you'll get to see um, or hear, uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, the journey that Kanye went on to, to show the world. I call this teaching people how to treat you. Mm. Um, Kanye gets mm. a reputation for, you know, a lot of things, but what they, I think maybe I've, I'm always reminded to, to tell people is, I mean, this is a black woman and a black man's child who they taught to be extremely in love with what he wants to do with his life. Um, so the way they raised him is uh, probably, and I knew his mom, she's amazing. She's a beautiful, beautiful, soulful woman. And she's just really good people. Uh, Kanye's really good people too. Even if we get to see some, you know, he has to live his life out loud in front of us. Uh -huh. We don't, a lot of us hide the mistakes we make. He doesn't get to do that. That's true. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even in that, I will tell you, you know, uh, this, this documentary gets, pulls us closer to his humanity and, and who he, who he really is. He's a good, he's a really good guy. He's a good guy. I believe that too. Yeah. I believe, yeah. I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. This life just takes I've always got him. Yeah. 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 yeah, he's he I mean, he but he has to work it out in front of us um, or, right. or or society is forcing him to work it out in front of us. Right. He doesn't get to go have super private moments. And when he does have them, he has to force that, you know. So. So, yeah, I have um, I have a nothing but respect for Kanye. But the films, I mean, when you watch it, you're going to be inspired. I feel that's what I feel. What I saw, what Cootie and Chike were able to pull together and what my husband wrote in helping to guide um, your journey through that film or the films, the three films. Um, I think it's super inspirational. It's like reminding us um, that you teach people how to treat yourself, how you treat yourself. Absolutely. Mm. Great, great. Yeah. So what's next, Kim? All right, we are winding it down. We only have a couple more. And this is Betty Wright. Got to give her her props <laughs> with no pain, no gain. Be a cook in the kitchen, a lady in the street. You can't show your teeth to every guy you meet. It's all right to be a little sweet, but be a mama with the kids and you know what in the sheets. No pain, no pain, no pain, no pain. No Marcus, I saw you react. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you got to. I, I mean, <laughs> uh, that was uh, No Pain, No Game by Betty Wright, released in 1988 uh, from the album Mother Wit. Tari mentions the card parties back in the day. This was one of those songs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Period with a T yeah. at the end. <laughs> one of those songs. And it was so crazy, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Boosie, you know, the, all the publicity that he gets as far as like, not necessarily negative, but just him speaking his mind. You know, this there was actually a video that showed up on Facebook with him playing this song, and it kind of showed like a more like a, a sensitive side song. But uh, Betty Wright is one of those artists that really didn't get the respect that she deserved. And I think the only person I really saw was Diddy, because I remember 
when Diddy had those doc, not doc, what do you call those like reality shows where he was bringing up the artists? Making the band. Like, Making the band, right, right. Uh -huh. She was, she, he used her as like one of the vocal coaches. And the reason why it is because out of all these um, artists that we talked about, I don't think any of them had the range could get as high in range as Betty Wright could. If you would have played a few more seconds of that song, you would have saw that for yourself. I mean, Betty Wright was very, what's my word I'm looking for here? Underrated uh -huh. as, as an artist. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> all right, Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite yes. movies, by the way, yeah. <laughs> but Betty Wright, remember when she did the song with our girl, what is her name? Angie Stone. Which one was that one? She had a song with oh, Angie baby. Stone. Yes, baby, baby, right? baby, baby, baby. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think our people have a good way of making sure that we bring those that we grew up with and try to bring them along. And so some of our people will definitely give them their flowers while they're due. So peace hard and blessings to yeah. Betty Wright. Yeah, hard to believe she's gone too. I know. Yeah. So another one we need to give flowers to who has been ill lately is Miss Allison Williams. Just call Ooh. my name. Mm. All you have to do is snap your fingers and I'll appear for you. Just call my name. Just call my name. Oh, Again, nice. Allison Williams is one of the most underrated singers from the early 80s and 90s. The single Just Call My Name was a hit on the Billboard R&B charts, reaching number four, and was pretty much one of her biggest hits, along with um, some of her other songs that came out around that time. But did we know that she used to sing backup for Melba Moore? Mm. Didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Speaking of backup, I was I'm I'm gonna find out who her backup singers were in the song. Cause I'm gonna tell the truth about it. I mean, no disrespect, no not taking away from Alice Wings, but the backup singers uh, in this song kind of helped make the song. This is just my opinion. You know, I everything I remember the song first came out, and that was all I could hear was the backup singers. You know, I, I thought a man sang this song for a long time. I really what? did. Yeah, I, I really did. What? I'm what? being honest. Look, don't, don't start that judging crap now. Don't, let's, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. He was tired looking like, huh? <laughs> I know, right? 
that's all I would hear, you know. But I mean, I mean, I, I was like, I mean, I was still like a teenager when I found out it was a woman to sing. I mean, come on, give, give, let me, let me, let me have it a little bit, all right? But yeah, but anyway, backup singers were awesome in this in this song to me, you know what I'm saying? But then you know, Allison Williams, you know, she did a thing in this thing, you know, great song. Have you met Allison Williams, sorry? I have in New York. Um, actually, I'm good friends with one of her sisters. Um, but but not you know not on I don't like I said I always make sure that I say this this is not a personal friend of mine <laughs> but I okay. have had the pleasure of meeting her um, and she is really sweet she's just as sweet as her voice and I have to say this Marcus <laughs> Marcus Marcus Doc Marcus <laughs> thinking it might be fair to say <clears throat> that maybe. You didn't listen to the song the, <laughs> the way the rest of us were listening to it. So I it probably all did. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is when I was young. This was when I was young. Because it's yeah. this, uh, this you is when I was young. This song because I everything it. when I'm listening to you describe it, I'm going, yeah, the background singers was dope, but Allison Williams. I know. Baby. No disrespect. Yeah. Look, that was look, when I was like, young. That was my take. Like my just... auntie, my auntie would say, baby, it's okay. <laughs> so you know Marcus yes just so you know Lisa Fisher was one of those backup singers for her really on his own mm-hmm. yeah wow yep. wow okay cool but cool. but Ty we have to do that with him a lot of times be like Marcus Marcus <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna end this with one of my favorite artists and there's many songs that I could have picked, but I wanted to pick something like you say, Marcus, that you don't really hear on the radio. Right. And this is Layla Hathaway with Robert Glasper and her rendition of Cherish the Day. Mm. Cherish the day, I won't go astray. Shout out to Robert Glasper, one of the most phenomenal jazz artists in the world. Love him. But Layla Hathaway, as you should know, is Donnie Hathaway, the famous R&B singer's daughter, originally born Eulala Hathaway. And this is from Robert Glasper's actual album, um, Black Radio, which everyone needs to listen to. <laughs> and I chose this a very good project. And this was one of his songs where he collaborated with Layla. And this is just so melodious. And even though Cherish the Day, the original is still my favorite, this was one of the best remakes of that song I've ever heard in my song. You know, Layla Hathaway started to become the queen of remakes. Uh, she can make everything sound like the original, if not better. Better. Now, because like uh, she, she really almost, uh, she really bodied 
the uh, angel uh, by did. the she, she bite did. it. She and did. then didn't then make it. It didn't make it no better. Like toward the end, when she puts all the other songs um, in the bridge, uh -huh. you know what I'm saying? Uh, um, you know what I'm talking about? That last, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Layla song. is is yeah. awesome. Any Layla stories, uh, Tari? I, just that I love her. Um, I really <laughs> like the um, the uh, album duet that she did, did with Joe Sample. Uh -huh. um, and so I'm a, I'm a long time Layla Hathaway fan. I'm a long time Donnie Hathaway fan. Also, God bless Chicago. <laughs> we, well, you know, we pour into the world uh, uh, some good artists and um, Layla is one of those artists. And I think she she does a phenomenal job carrying on the legacy of her father's voice. Yes, she does. And, yes, um, she does. and she's amazing. I've met her before. I've uh, shared. Uh, well, we weren't on the stage at the same time, but she had a performance on the same bill as I and my husband. Uh, we did a big fundraiser when uh, the earthquake hit Haiti. Mm -hmm. And um, so we did a big fundraiser here in Chicago for the earthquake in, uh, in Haiti. And uh, yeah, she's phenomenal. It ain't no, is the way she does a remix, I think is really phenomenal um, because she doesn't try to become the other artists. She just gives you Layla and you still enjoy her just as much as you enjoyed the original record recording, but it's not a duplicate. And that's what I like the most about her songs when she remakes them, because you hear the richness and the velvet in her voice, the depth of her heart. She has a beautiful range as well, mm -hmm. but those lower tones that mm -hmm. she still gives that femininity to is mm -hmm. so beautiful. It's hard to do that when a mm -hmm. woman has a, when a woman has a heavy voice, it's hard to give femininity to it. It's, you know, sometimes a woman have a heavy voice, it sounds like she's smoking a bunch of cigarettes. Mm -hmm. But Layla yeah. just feels like, it just feels Velvet. like, yeah, it, it feels like a good mm -hmm. German chocolate cake, baby. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> the one with the big chunks of, of coconut strings mm -hmm. and the pecans, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like she give you yeah. that homegrown mm. um, and it's something so peaceful about her voice. Um, and just knowing, you know, she stands up for a lot of good in the community as well. Uh, she's she's phenomenal. She's it's crazy you said that. I just saw the interview with Kelly Price, and it's, that's how she described our leader Halliday's voice as uh, chocolate milk. Uh, it's good. It's so good. Yeah, it's just good. And no one sounds like her. No one. No, no, no one, one can no one. sound like her. It's mm. you know. Yeah. It, it's funny you say chocolate milk because if you think about the first time as a kid when they had that nest quick. And you <laughs> really for me it was the strawberry, but that chocolate milk. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> oh lord! Like who came up with the idea? I just want to go give them their roses. Yeah. <laughs> if she sound like a glass of chocolate milk, baby, yeah. I'm all for it. What, That's if, right. If you think about the first time you had chocolate milk, milk? it yeah. gotta be comparable to. A whole lot of things that we do that we just, you know, never can right. get back after the first time. Right. It's beautiful. Right. It's Absolutely. Beautiful. But Chari, uh, I know you got to get out of here. And uh, we yeah. thank you so much for being on our program. Listen, um, I know you're on tour, right? I am on tour right and now. I'm, I'm doing spot dates with Slick Rick the Ruler. And I'm his lead vocalist on his, um, on his stages. All right, great, great, great. Now, any other projects that you uh, got coming out, some other than the album, right? 
So the album, yes, Catching Feelings, which is also a playoff of my husband's album, Catching Dreams. Uh, except mine is uh-huh. all love songs. <laughs> and he also helped to co-write that as well. Shout out to Jay Ivy. Um, I also have a tour coming up um, uh, where we're going to be doing the Catching Dreams, Catching Feelings tour. Uh, as soon as they take the, the handcuffs off us, we will be able to announce that list of places that will be. Um, there is a concert film that we'll be releasing um, we did a soft release in December, um, but come April, um, the uh, Poetry Month, we will be releasing the Catch and Dreams concert film, and I'm also the lead vocalist in that film as well. All right. Thank you so much again, Sorry yeah. Torrey, for being on the Good Good Experience podcast. We thank, thank you so you. much. I we don't love forget you, it. Thank you, thank you. And don't forget to follow me um, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe to me at YouTube. Follow me on TikTok. I'm on TikTok, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> up with that idea, right? And then if you are so kind to go to my website, tariteray.com, download some music from there as well. Watch some videos, buy some merchandise. Um, you know, just do something with me. Give me your email address on my subscribe to the email list. Do something. We are already on the website right now. Hey. That's why I played your music straight from there. So <laughs> yes, are definitely Tari Turay fans now. If we weren't thank before, we definitely now. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you guys for having me. It was a joy to spend some of my Saturday afternoon with you guys. I hope you had a good time. I had a great Welcome time. Welcome to the family, Tari. <laughs> thank Welcome you, cousin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Bye, y'all. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Good, good.